Hey, it's Sunday night, and welcome to Youthology Live. We're on all kinds of formats. Right now, we're opening up on Facebook Live. We're also recording this, and you'll be able to look at our other formats uh, at youthology.com, and you can follow along with us there at our blog, and we uh, will be posting the uh, manuscript from each of these uh, sessions. And then also, those of you that have followed us before, know that at nine o'clock central time, we are right here every Sunday night. And we post-product these sessions, put graphics on these, uh, some title stuff, some music underneath it, and they all go right onto YouTube, okay? So if you haven't joined us at YouTube, you need to go to youtube.com forward slash Jeff Grinnell. And we have all of the previous 16 videos, 16 leadership short videos, and you can follow along with us there and uh, all kinds of topics, right? So you don't want to miss that. Tonight is episode 17. And what we're doing tonight is finishing off our discussion from last week. We really didn't complete it. And we're, we're looking at the state of youth ministry in America. You know, I have the privilege of being able to travel. Um, I guess I would call it an advantage, disadvantage. <laughs> because I get to see the church in a lot of different settings. I just got back from Omaha, Nebraska. Wow, I, uh, I wish I could even define for you what happened. It was an amazing weekend. On Friday night, we had a youth rally in several churches there, and almost 100 students gave their lives to Christ. Friday night, almost 100 students gave their lives to Christ. The count was about 98 to 102, somewhere around there. So, man, it was powerful, and to see what was going on there in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, I'm so encouraged by what we see. And so coming off that, it gives me this perspective, right? To be in a different setting and to get like a university of experience, right? From all of these settings, I learned so much. And so what we did is last week we started up these, uh, we took the summer off and we started up these sessions and we began this, uh, the state of youth ministry with two simple points. Okay. The first point was a worship movement. The four things that I see in youth ministry in America that are encouraging. And the first one we talked about was a worship movement. And uh, you can look at last week's to catch up on that. The second one we talked about, uh, the, one of the strengths that I see and the condition of youth ministry in America is the diversity movement. And man, you, you wouldn't think so if you watch the news or listen to adults, right? But I'm telling you, please go to our social media and look at it. We posted again today on the diversity of the, of the youth ministry in America. It's so encouraging. So I don't, know, I don't know what you see and where you're hanging out, but I'm telling you, every place that I go, I am seeing diversity. And we talked about that more uh, last week. And what we're going to do is hit these last two characteristics that I see in youth ministry across America. Number three and number four. And what happens is this, in my travels, I get the question often, what do you see? What are trends in youth ministry? What are some of the things that you're encouraged about or whatever, right? And the first two there, a worship uh, movement and then the diversity movement. And this third one that I wanna share with you tonight is a leadership movement. I am seeing encouraging signs like leadership development in youth ministry. And it takes on different looks. Leadership development does. I mean, leadership development has to take place 
in the youth leader's life first, right? Uh, healthy youth leaders develop healthy youth ministries. You've heard me say that many times from, from uh, you know, my vantage point, if you've ever heard me or read our, our blog. Healthy youth leaders develop healthy youth ministries. And so we as youth leaders have to take care of ourselves, right? And I'll get into that in this last movement too, a little bit more and get some cracks there. But that's the first part of development. The second part of development in youth ministry that I'm seeing is the development of the team, okay? Adults, adult leadership. And that may look like this. Let me give you some ways to do adult leadership development. Regular leadership meetings, at least weekly. And back in the spring, we spent one whole uh, blog, one whole vlog doing that discussion and we showed you how to break down a youth, an effective youth leadership meeting. Intentional topics with your leaders, bringing in current topics that you can get from the resources. I'm gonna give you some resources at the end of this video, uh, like, like uh, Barna and the, Gen Z, the new Impact 360 Gen Z study and some of that stuff. Um, how about having guests into your youth leadership meeting or guests into your youth ministry or the guests at the church, right, that just came in and spoke at the church that you can keep over on a Sunday night. Bring the whole youth leadership team in to sit down with that guest and I'll bet he or she could do a great job of training your youth leaders and the church pays the bill, <laughs> right? Maybe you put a little bit in there to take care of the hotel on Sunday night before they gotta fly out Monday. But when you have these guests in, right, from a missions convention or guests in from a leadership standpoint of the church, to keep them over and to do a leadership training with your adults is invaluable, right? And then what about uh, resources um, like youthology.com, right? Shameless plug for these short videos and youth specialties, right? And uh, again, I'm gonna give you two more resources at the end. What about developing shared ownership? Okay, hear me. Shared ownership of the youth ministry. I am loving what I'm seeing just this weekend at Good News Church in Omaha, Nebraska. I'm watching a young leader as Drew Milliken, the, the youth pastor there, has been developing his leadership team. And to, and to see that them pull off this massive event this weekend, and he had very little to do with it, right? I mean, I'm, I'm sure he had more to do with it than it looked like. But here are his admins and interns and adult leaders and student leaders that are jumping in and all sharing the ownership of the youth ministry. Wow, that's, that's helping, us helping us share the responsibility of ministry with the team. Then that third area, so the personal development movement, the adult development movement, and then finally, uh, under this leadership movement that I see going on in youth ministry in America, student leadership development. Now, I know I'm talking to a lot of volunteers in youth ministry right now. I, I, I know that. And it's very difficult to, to do all of this stuff. But hear me, the more you develop your student leaders, the less work you're going to do. Make sense? And so here's what I'm, here's what I'm suggesting. Just choose a couple of junior high students and four high school students. Maybe get a student or two from each grade, seventh grade through 12th grade, or if sixth grade's in there with you already. And now you've got a leadership team of eight to 10 kids or so, right? That can help you. And here's a good way to do it. 
mentorship. Just developing some one-on-ones with chiefs or uh, captains, right, uh, coaches at each grade. So what you're doing is you identify each of the tribes in your youth ministry and all of these areas, these students in these different circles, right, these posses and squads, and you develop a leader, a student leader in each one of those, and you pour your life into them. Maybe monthly they come to the youth leadership meeting. Maybe quarterly you're pulling them all together, right? And you're doing this three or four times a year and you're training these students and you're pouring your life into them. So I'm seeing just a great leadership development going on. Let me hit the last area. When we talk about the state of youth ministry in America, okay? Let me hit this last area. Again, we did worship movement and diversity last week. I just hit the leadership movement. And now I wanna talk about what I see developing in youth ministry that is so encouraging to me. And that is a theology movement. I said that, a theology movement. And I think we can solve that issue in many of our churches simply. I, I really do. Listen, you know some of the stats. Can I, can I say a few things to you? F up in one year from 13% to 18%, okay? In one year. So 13% a year ago, 13% of America believed that the Bible was inerrant, was, tr was true, okay? Oh, 13%. Now, uh, that has jumped up to 18% that believe the Bible is not true. So we're seeing this growth in the negative from 13% that say the Bible's not true, it can't be trusted, to now 18%, almost 20% of Americans. Here's, a, here's another one. Four, only 14% of Americans read the Bible daily. 14% read the Bible daily. I'm not sure that that statistic is much different in the church. And hear, hear me, here's a stat for our youth ministries, okay? 33% of teenagers in the Christian church in America can tell you half of the Ten Commandments. A third of our students in youth ministry can name half of the Ten Commandments. Listen, something's wrong, right? Something's wrong when only a third of our students can name half of the Ten Commandments. What are we teaching students, right? Are we teaching students meology or theology, right? The study of me, the youth leader, and my, my favorite quotes and my favorite movies and statistics, right? Or are we studying theology, the study of God? So let me help you with that. I think the best way to increase theology in youth ministry, number one, begins with you as the leader, developing your own sense of spiritual discernment, spiritual discipline, spiritual reading, your own theology of God, to just simply understand the concept of God. So that could be central, listen, the more you understand God in scripture, the more he makes sense in culture. And don't get that reverse. Sometimes we interpret God by looking at culture. We, we can't do that. You have to interpret God by looking at scripture, right? And so the, the, the leader has to develop that himself, herself. And so here's a challenge. Look at all of the books that you have, right? Look at all the books that you have. How many of those books are on personal leadership development? theology and how many are on systems and how many of those are on development of the team and placing people in the right spot right and making sure they're on in the right seat on the bus and the bus is going in the right through all that stuff right 
What about that personal theology of the leader and personal discipline, right? Because healthy leaders build healthy youth ministries. And then the second part of uh, developing theology, it, listen, we, we have to solve this. I believe that there is, a, there is a low expectation by the church and by youth leaders of their students. A low expectation. I believe teenagers today in America are under-challenged by the church. I do. They tell me that. We, we've got to stop thinking that our kids can't handle theology. we got to stop thinking that the, the kids need to be entertained, right? we got to stop thinking like that. Like, you know, maybe what I'll do on Wednesday night is shave my head for missions or swallow goldfish, you know, and raise money. Students are much more mature than that. They can handle it. Have you seen their homework? Do you understand how how differently the school system treats our students than the church does. Too often, the church treats our students a grade or two or three lower than they really are. Whereas when they go to school, they're expected to be on time. They're expected to participate in class. They're expected to have their homework done. They're expected to understand concepts that many of us adults don't even understand, right? And so let me deal with an argument. I want to call it the juvenilization, the juvenilization of the church. And there's been some great articles written on that. If you just Google that and, and, and find some of these articles on the juvenilization of the church, it's, it's, not, my, it's not my term, but it, let me comment on it. There are some people that don't understand the difference between childish and childlike. And, and I know Mark 10, Luke 19, where Jesus is dealing with the children and the disciples, right, get in the way, and they're like, hey, get these kids out of here, right? right? Remember that? You know, they're playing Frisbee, right, or whatever, and uh, the kids uh, where all the disciples are playing, and one of the Frisbees comes in, and, you know, and Peter takes it and throws it out, right? And Jesus is like, you know, listen, let the children come over here. They can understand everything I'm talking about. Why did Jesus talk in parables, story, and narrative? So I want us to understand that the juvenilization of the church is not always a bad thing. Some write that it's a bad thing what's happening and we have to increase the theology and the knowledge of the church. Yes, we do. But it doesn't mean that we have to be childish. How about being childlike, right? So anyway, those just some things and uh, I want you to consider on what I see in the youth ministries of America as I travel. And I've got one minute or 90 seconds to close this off because we just do 12 minutes of coaching. And so let me just cover one more time the, uh, the format and what we do here. You know that we are Facebook Live right now. I will post-product this in the next uh, few hours and then we'll get it up onto YouTube. It'll be posted onto Twitter, onto Instagram. We'll break all that down. And then we're, it'll be on our, our youthology.com. If you go to the blog section, the manuscript will be there and I'll knock out some of these things and I'll, and I'll blog these out. And there's so much resources there. And then you know, as we announced, we are moving on to iTunes. And I know many are, I've been getting that question asked, you know, do you have a podcast? And I'm like, mm, I've got a vlogcast, you know, and whatever. So what we're doing is um, I'm in that process right now. I have another meeting with someone this week to set up the iTunes account and all of these past this is episode 17. All of them will be brought onto the iTunes account and then we'll make it live, okay? So it's gonna take a little bit. Um, so just have some patience with us.
but we want you to take these into your own office, into your own study, into your, you know, into your mobile while you're, you're chilling at the coffee shop or whatever. We want you to take these into leadership meetings to help you. So finally, as I close out, two, uh, I give you this resource last week. So those of you that missed last week, this is the, the brand new study, Gen Z study, Barna.org. See that? Barna.org, Gen Z study, Impact 360 study, done in February of 2018. A compilation of many years of, uh, of study. And then the millennial study that was done just uh, you know a few years before that. Some of you have seen UnChristian, and then right before UnChristian was uh, this Revolution by George Barna. And I want to I, I want to encourage you to get these two books because they contrast the last decade of 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 characteristic traits of teenagers. Okay, so get those. Take a picture of that Gen Z Revolution. Barna, George Barna and Barna.org. Okay, so hey, thank you for joining us. I say it every week that you would take time out of your schedule to listen to what I have to say or watch this. And maybe later on this week, you'll, you'll join um, over 1,100 people who watched this last week on all of our social media. So thank you. God bless you. Would you have a great week? Because I'm going to have a great